Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, brought to you by Ceres. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Today, we're going to talk about sustainability at bear, which means helping people thrive while reducing ecological footprints. Klaus Kunz is responsible for ESG strategy at all three bear divisions. That's crop science, pharmaceuticals, and consumer health. He believes that addressing food security, climate change, and loss of biodiversity are the most material challenges in sustainable agriculture today. His work requires brutal transparency and detailed disclosure of related ESG measures at Bayer, Health and Nutrition's conglomerate. Our conversation in today's episode of the Sustainable Finance Podcast begins and ends with Kunz's focus on transparency. But before we start, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. I'm thrilled to talk about the important work that Ceres is doing. Ceres is a nonprofit organization working with the most influential capital market leaders to solve the world's greatest sustainability challenges. Through their powerful networks and global collaborations of investors, companies, and nonprofits, Ceres drives action and inspires equitable, market-based, and policy solutions throughout the economy. To learn more, go to series.org slash podcast. That's C-E-R-E-S dot org slash podcast. At Ceres, sustainability is the bottom line. Hello, Klaus, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're glad, very glad you could join us today. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Tell our listeners about your firm belief that transparency is key for companies who promote ESG in their business every day. And give us an example of how Bayer is embedding transparency in its agricultural business model today with the megatrends of a growing and aging population. Thank you. Yeah, I think before I go into the details of the business models in agriculture, I think I want to say that I want the company to be seen as a trusted citizen. And I think that's the best basis for any business model because that's sustainable going forward. I want that customers trust buyer. I want that investors trust buyer. And, you know, hiding is not a recipe for trust. I think transparency is a recipe for trust. So before I go into the details of agriculture, that's my general comment that I'm a firm believer in transparency because I want trust. Now, looking into agriculture a little bit more into the details, four years ago, we started to look at our ag business, which today is about 50% of buyer's entire turnover, in a slightly different way when we looked at the vision and the purpose of why we do this. In the past, all our industry always said, we are feeding the world, which is like, don't touch us. We are feeding the world. We have, you know, we, that, that's our, that, that, that's our um, uh, legacy, why we have to do all these things. And then we looked at it and we thought, like, what needs to change in agriculture going forward? And while we still need to produce more safe and affordable foods, we also need to acknowledge that we need at the same time to reduce the pressure on the environment from agriculture. We need to reduce the pressure on climate change and the pressure on biodiversity loss. So acknowledging this transparently was the first big challenge. But now coming to business models and opportunities, 
from the commitment that we set out to reduce 30% greenhouse gas emissions in agriculture, we started to think completely differently on how could we ever do this, thinking in a very different innovative way. And then we have created the Bayer Carbon Initiative, which is already launched in all regions around the globe, which is incentivizing growth for doing agriculture in a different way and reducing emissions. Um, and I think that's that's that was very inspirational for our company, but it started with a tough acknowledgement that change is required. And also that to decisions that we take today would be slightly different from decisions we have taken 20 years ago. Okay, so now Klaus, what do you mean when you talk about transparency as a chance for companies? Yeah, I mean, I was in many conferences last year and I sensed that we have a very different atmosphere in the ESG sustainability area compared to five years ago. Five years ago, we were all in that hype, like now we got it, we need to work on climate change and we made commitments and commitments and commitments and promises and promises. And today we are sliding into a greenwashing discussion uh, because many people start to challenge, are all these commitments really true? And I hear this from investors today a lot. They don't want to hear more commitments from us. They want to hear execution. And I think this is the opportunity for companies is to show that you are a real leader, that you are walking the talk, and that you stick to what you have promised. And now it becomes hard because we need to deliver against things that we are not familiar with. We need to deliver against measurements that we haven't worked with before and that the financial markets also don't know. So this is one thing. The other opportunity that I can report on from the Bayer company more specifically is we were in a lot of very controversial topics. ESG ratings were rather low, and we decided to change the way to talk about all these topics, um, especially the controversial topics, to address things in a much more proactive manner, including the acknowledgement piece. If we talk about, for example, insecticides uh, and pollinators, yes, there have been incidents in the past and we have learned our lessons and we need to talk about this rather than complaining about others and what we have changed rather than what we want others to change. And I'm, I'm really proud because within 18 months, we have, uh, we have basically upgraded the ESG profile of Bayer from the lowest to the highest point. And I think transparency was key. Okay, so let's uh, now... I'm sure you're feeling uh, some pressure or uh, some movement uh, across this whole process based on the fact that regulatory environments and, and, uh, and structures both in the EU and the US are accelerating in their pace. Could you just mention a little bit about that, how you're responding to those uh, regulatory frameworks that are coming out and will re start requiring some of them reporting later this year? Yeah. Yeah, it's indeed very challenging. Um, and if I look at Europe, uh, Bay is a European-based company. Uh, we are very much involved and we will have to report against CSRD standards in the very near future. Um, and also we are deeply involved in the taxonomy discussion of the European Green Deal. And what I'm a little bit, a little bit afraid is that this is a very binary discussion where from a regulatory uh, perspective, there's, there's an effort to classify companies as green or not green. The problem is if the number of green classified companies is very small and if those companies are also very small, because then where's the impact? And I, I was really happy. It was, it was uh, in, in fall last year, I had the opportunity to listen to the British Financial Conduct Authority and their concept to avoid greenwashing for financial assets. And they wanted to create a class, a label actually, 
which they call sustainable impact for investments into companies which are not yet green, but in transition towards green. And this opens the door for investments into the big companies and also the door to push them. Because I think this is the obligation of investors <laughs> is, is to drive us in the right direction. They have a huge power um, and we need the right investors on board. And this is why I really invite really, really invite investors to join Bayer and to see what we do and then to push us even further. The regulatory environments are becoming increasingly difficult and they are also more diverging than converging. This is something which I find a little bit concerning because in the end of the day, we need to have global reporting standards and not regional reporting standards. Yes, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more from that perspective. Uh, so share with us a little bit more about why you believe that ESG investors should be supporting companies that want to become more green as sustainable business regulatory infrastructure expands globally. You've already mentioned that we've got uh, more than one infrastructure going and that we need to look at it as a, a global issue, not just uh, a regional issue, for example. So how are we going to get there and uh, talk a little bit about uh, circumstances at Bayer that uh, uh, in the past have uh, gone against the grain here? Yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, I think it's very important. I mean, I support that regulatory bodies, that governments want to create frameworks which stimulates investments into sustainability. I think per se, I have nothing against this. Very helpful. Um, I think it will take time. And that's a little bit of a problem. It took decades to develop frameworks for accounting of financials. It took also decades to develop frameworks for accounting of carbon. And we don't have, for example, any accounting standards for biodiversity as of today. So while at the same time, we need to have trustable frameworks, we need to have trustable measurements, we need to understand how we measure this, it needs to go through assurance processes, and, 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 we don't have time. So this is why I think it's the time now that the corporations and the companies and the investors need to sit and talk and, and define what are we going to do next on ESG and sustainability? How can we develop programs together? How can we come to agreed standards as of today, which we accept on each side of the table as a transition to the final regulatory uh, framework, which doesn't yet exist? This is something which I'm which I'm a little bit concerning. And of course, Bayer, with all the controversial topics from the X sector in the past, we were not always seen as a, as a welcome guest at the table. And this is another reason why I think transparency is, is, is the first thing that we have to do. If I come to biodiversity again, as an example, we set another goal to reduce environmental impact of crop protection. You say crop protection, or you say pesticides. We always say crop protection because we want it to sound nicer. Uh, but it's the same thing. And that was another thing where we really needed to work on a standardized way to measure this. Otherwise, we will not have the credibility that it's taken serious enough. So one of the topics that people look at when they look at Bayer from the more critical perspective is what is our impact on the environment? We want to work on this and we need to measure and report back with in a way that can be trusted and assured. All right, so there are still, uh, um, there was a very large litigation process that Bayer was deeply involved in uh, regarding Monsanto. Could you mention a little bit about how that is being resolved and how you're working on that? Yeah, yeah, Paul, I think that it, it, it's impossible to have that conversation without this question. So thanks for the question. 
I'm not a legal expert on that matter, so I apologize if I cannot go into too much of details. Um, I think it's a it's a good sign. We have won the last cases, a number of cases in a row. Um, it's a sign that our belief that this molecule is one of the safest pesticides out there is seen by the governments and it's increasingly also seen from the legal perspective. That's very important for us. And I can share my personal comments because I'm a chemist, I'm a scientist, worked a long time in agriculture um, and have talked to many people about, about glyphosate. And I think glyphosate is really one of the safest molecules. What I want us going forward is not build all the things we do on glyphosate. I think it, we need to diversify the opportunities, the options, the offers to the growers, the offers for agriculture. And as I said, it needs to include more the environmental protection element. But I want glyphosate to be, to stay as a part of the toolbox that farmers need, because as of today, I think we don't have a proper replacement. Okay, now let's talk about some corporate governance perspectives. Uh, it's becoming more important in sustainable corporate business models as the regulatory infrastructures expand around the world. Uh, how is Bayer, as a, as a firm, focusing on corporate governance related to its board makeup, to its overall contributions to corporate governance as one of the biggest providers in in these in the uh, sectors that you're engaged in on a day-to-day -day basis many many startup companies i know look at bear as an example of the kind of company they would like to become uh, in the future maybe not the, the the negative aspects of it but the positive aspects for sure yeah yeah when i mean i'm very proud of the progress we made in the area of making commitments to sustainability. And when I talk about these, these commitments, it's not only environmental commitments, it's also access commitments. We made access commitments for smallholder farmers, for women to, to get access to, to, to contraception uh, and to nutrition around the globe. So I think it's a broad set of, uh, um, of commitments. When I talk to investors or other shareholders or stakeholders about these commitments, typically the first question I get is, it's all nice and good, Klaus, but you know, are these commitments and the achieving of the commitments, is this linked to the remuneration of your board? And I'm like, why are you asking me that question? And they are giving me a very clear feedback. If it's not, we don't believe it. And that, that was very clear for me that if you don't have a rock solid governance behind your commitments, it's not trustable. So we started to build it out. In the meantime, of course, the remuneration of our board and the, the top management is linked to achieving those targets. But beyond this, our CEO is also the chief sustainability officer of the company. And also more important for me is that we have institutionalized sustainability. It's not depending on individuals anymore. We have changed our processes. If you want, like the rules of Bayer have been adopted and sustainability has been broadly integrated, like as a lead, as a binding principle for us, um, as a decision criteria in many, many areas, but also the listening to institutionalize listening to others has is on a very different level today. We have today um, in our supervisory board an ESG committee, so that has a very pronounced place in in our in our highest level governance. But also we have an external um, sustainability council, and this sustainability council consists of a number of external experts who have a quite critical view on what we do. And they publish an annual report where there are lots of things in the report where a number of buyer people say, what is this? 
But that's the point. Yes. It's exactly the point. We don't want to be again in a situation that people say, you have this technology, you didn't talk about it, we don't trust it, we don't believe it, we have a lot of concerns. We want to hear those concerns and we want to hear these perspectives, the good ones and the bad ones from the day one onwards, so that we can position the next wave of technologies that we are being developing um, with the trust and the confidence of society. So point is, it's institutionalized. Okay, well, that's, that's good. And uh, we, we've talked about the, uh, the next question a little bit here, but let's expand on this. How has corporate reporting and disclosure changed under your guidance across all of the divisions, crop science, pharma, and consumer health at Bayer when it comes to sustainability focus? Yeah, uh, it would be too much to say that it changed under my guidance because this is so rapidly evolving that it's not even easy to catch up. Even for a big company and corporation like Bayer, it's very difficult to catch up. But I think our non-financial reporting part is, is produced under assurance, which is super, super important already for a couple of years. The sustainability report is growing uh, annually about 30%, which shows that we make such tremendous efforts. The last time I think we had 999 checks by the uh, assurance companies into our sustainability report about how we are, how we are, how we are working. Um, so I think we are we are at the at the front line of doing this in the most proper way. But as I already mentioned, it will be very interesting to see how CSRD, ISSB, and SEC are aligning or not aligning. And you know we will go all together through a very steep learning curve. But I think it's important that we go together through this learning curve and not on separate rooms in separate tables, um, because we will need to agree, and we can actually not uh, we can um, actually not accept diverging regulations around the globe. This is not helpful for anybody. So this is this is one thing. Beyond this, I think disclosing not only reporting but disclosing is not only to fulfill a regulatory call. I think it's an opportunity. And we had a, a very, very nice um, discussion or let's say collaboration with a group of investors and they challenged us on ESG matters. And they gave us a long catalog of questions they wanted us to answer in a proper way. And you know, Paul, it was always interesting because our, our per se answer to their questions, can you disclose this? And that was always, the default answer was always no. And then we went into a little reflection process and asked ourselves, why actually no? Why, why shouldn't we disclose this and that? And they didn't want us to ask to change our business model. They didn't want us to do everything differently. They just said, if you say your crop protection pesticide products are the safest in the world, where can we see that? How can you prove that? We want to see the proof points. And we worked through the whole catalog. And I have to say on bottom line, I think it helped us a lot to close our governance gaps we had. They were pointing to gaps in our governance. Like, do you have a process where you clearly define your, your sustainability efforts in mergers and acquisitions? Where is it? So, yeah, we closed the gaps when it was not yet closed. And in the end, I think we were in a better shape. And some of these investors started to make investment decisions. So that was a pure win-win for everybody based on ESG. 
All right. So now, now we're talking about uh, greater transparency uh, as it as it relates to long term investment strategies. And uh, let's expand on this. Share some additional results of how this effort towards greater transparency at Bear is influencing investors, and how our listeners can tune into that part of the dialogue. Yeah. Yes. I'm, the, the thing I'm, I'm personally very proud of is an action we took already five years ago. You know that in the pharma sector, uh, there's access to clinical trial data. Clinical trial data is in the meantime public. Again, it was a first mover, another company doing this first, and in the, in, in the end, every other company followed and the regulators followed and so so. In agriculture, we were the first company to disclose the safety data of all of our pesticides that was happening four to five years ago. Um, in the beginning, it was quite some pressure against it in the company, in the industry. In the meantime, it has become the standard. And today we go even beyond and do not only want to share results and the safety data, we also want to share how we do it and we invite people to check and see how we do these type of things. So this was something which had an impression, left an impression that we are very serious about it because it was a bit of a taboo breaker to do this. We have done other things where we say, yes, we need to reduce. We, we, we cannot only say we need to we need to make sure there's enough food production. We need to reduce impact on pesticides on the environment. That's our most important contribution for biodiversity is ensure there's enough production, but also reduce impact of biodiversity on biodiversity by pesticides. But you know, saying that was not easy. It was not easy to say, yes, an insecticide is actually designed to have an impact on the environment is like a medicine. It has effects and it's side effects. And we need to work on the side effects as we have to work on the effects as well. In the meantime, I think this is something also really cool that we are leading that space in working on molecules coming with the lowest possible impacts based on trusted methodologies. You can read it in our, in our sustainability report. And over this transparency initiatives, you can connect to us via the website. There's many opportunities to come into contact with us and to see what we actually do. Klaus, I, I I know there's an awful lot of material that you sent me uh, that, that that we can share with our our listeners, and I really appreciate your you taking the time today. Um, there's probably a, at least one additional conversation we can have down the road about this, but at the moment, where online can Sustainable Finance podcast followers go to learn more about sustainability and transparency in Bayer's business model, and how can they reach out to you with questions about the topics that we've discussed in today's episode? So. The first recommendation is check out the sustainability report. It's published on an annual basis. The next edition will be published on February 28. So only a very few weeks to come. And I can share that the team is extremely busy in, in compiling it, uh, also in the discussions uh, and the checks with the assurance companies. So this will be coming very soon. Then you have it hot off the press. Where, where are we as of today? Good. Um, we have a lot more information on the website around the sustainability commitments, how we are measuring these things, how we are making progress against it. And if all this is not enough, please just send me a note on klaus.kunz at bayer.com and I will get back to you happily. Great. Klaus, thanks very much for your time today. And Klaus Kunz is leading ESG strategy at Bayer. And to our sponsor, the Series Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets. The Series Accelerator is a center of excellence within Series that aims to transform the practices and policies that govern capital markets 
to reduce the worst financial impacts of the climate crisis. For more information, go to series.org slash accelerator. That's C-E-R-E-S dot org slash accelerator. And to our listeners, join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you.